Hey hey! My name is Stan and I really love traveling. And I love talking about it even more. So welcome to this episode of the podcast Traveling with Stan, where I take you on a tour of some of the most exciting cities around the globe. This time we travel to a city that has been likened to the American metropolis of San Francisco. A city of explorers, pirates, seafood, and the occasional earthquake. But unlike its more exuberant American cousin, the capital of Portugal, Lisbon, is a city of quaint streets and subdued beauty. A city of narrow alleys, steep hills, cobblestones, and a vibe that will make you slow down and enjoy the simple pleasures of life. Welcome to the ocean capital of the Western Europe. Welcome to Lisbon. In this episode you'll find out. What is that sad melancholic music you'll hear everywhere in Lisbon? Where to feast on the local sweet custard pies? And where are the best spots for dipping your feet in the cool Atlantic Ocean? How to get there? Flying into this European metropole will land you directly, well, almost directly, in the heart of the city. Truth be told, it's nowhere too far in Lisbon, with a compact size of 100 square kilometers and a population of half a million, you'll be cozy and close to everything. And everyone. Lisbon has some streets so narrow that two people can barely walk through them side by side. So not exactly the place to be if you're looking for vast open areas. But it sure is a walkable place. So, grab your most comfortable shoes and head on out. Lisbon is best explored on foot. The best time to visit and experience Lisbon's vibe and hospitality is summer, especially around the Feast of St. Anthony. Spring is a good time too. But you might do well to stay away from winter when the city gets battered by rains. What has been? A little bit from history. With a rich history dating all the way back to the prehistoric times, Lisbon is one of the world's oldest cities. And all that history, and Lisbon itself, was almost entirely wiped out during one fateful event in 1755. An earthquake that struck Lisbon and a subsequent tsunami reduced the city to rubble. So almost everything that you will see is not older than the 18th century. That doesn't make the city less historical or unique. The city was rebuilt and is now a charming maze of streets revealing the various levels of history. And what a history that was. Lisbon's position made it an excellent starting point for the likes of Vasco da Gama and many other explorers. It also made it a strategic ocean and river port to be fought over and conquered. Whether it's the British, the French, or the Spanish, everyone has left a troubled mark on the city, it seems. But, surprisingly, it hasn't made its citizens bitter or wary. So, as a traveler, you can expect to be welcomed with open arms and an open heart. Do not miss! Lisbon has a lot to offer, whether you're in it for the history and culture, the rooftop bar scene, or just lounging around and enjoying the views sitting by the river. The best part? You can enjoy a bit of everything within one day. For starters, head on over to Alfama, the old city. Sitting on top of a hill and overlooking the city below is St. George's Castle. A fortress built to protect and deter intruders, it is the place to start your walking tour of the city. There's not all that much to see in the castle itself, but the view is well worth the climb. From there just take any of the meandering lanes and wander around. You might come upon one of the beautiful whitewashed churches or the Roman cathedral. But what you're really here for is to soak up the atmosphere of old times, the life of ordinary people. You'll see kids running around among the lanes playing football. You'll be tempted by quaint little Portuguese shops selling vintage items. And you'll hear Fadu, a music like no other. In fact, so much so that it was added to UNESCO's intangible cultural heritage lists. 
Melancholic, sentimental it adds a special kind of charm to the city and to this particular part. The music genre dates back to the beginning of the 19th century and it's a sad, mournful kind of music with sentimental lyrics about the struggles of the poor or the demanding life by the sea. When you hear it, find a spot to sit and let yourself be carried away by the moody melody. The downtown is located, well, down. Of course. When you make your way from the hill, you'll come across Baisha, the city's historic and most popular neighborhood. With large avenues full of shops and squares filled with cafes, this is the place to do a bit of people watching, window shopping, or both. But to enjoy Lisbon's most iconic sights, you need to hop on a tram and head over to Balem. In about 15 minutes, you'll find yourself in an area of architectural gems, green spaces for walking and cycling, as well as home to several marinas and sailing clubs. This is also where the city's two UNESCO World Heritage Sites are located. The famous Monastery of Geronimos and the Bullem Tower. The Gothic Monastery is a huge and amazing site built close to the place from which Vasco da Gama set sail on his first journey. Never heard of the guy? Well, da Gama was one of the greatest explorers of time and the first European to reach India by sea. Actually, the monastery itself is his resting place. Built in a gorgeous Manuline style, the building's facade and elaborate interior will make your head turn. Another famous monument linked with great explorers and journeys into the unknown is the Balem Tower. Originally a fort, it was also the place from which explorers set sail and the last thing they saw on land. Standing guard over Lisbon, the tower is 30 meters high and from its top you can enjoy views of the River Tagus and its shoreline. To add another iconic landmark on your list, albeit a more recent one, head back from Bullem towards the east and you'll reach the 25 de Abril Bridge. You'll know it when you get there, don't worry. Reminds you of anything? Even if you've never been to San Francisco, you've probably seen its most famous site, the Golden Gate Bridge somewhere. The bridge in Lisbon was in fact built based on the design and color of two famous San Francisco bridges. Unfortunately, it is closed off for pedestrians, so you can only pass on it by car or rail. Unless, you're there in March for the annual half marathon which also leads through it. On the other side of the river, you'll spot another famous attraction. And another one that was inspired by an already existing one. The Sanctuary of Christ the King is a monument resembling the famous Christ the Redeemer statue of Rio de Janeiro, in Brazil. With a height of 25 meters it is almost as tall as its Brazilian counterpart and it was built in gratitude that the Portuguese were spared much of the destruction of World War II. Now, with a city so rich in culture and history, we could go on and on about the sites to visit. But for the history and culture buffs, let's just throw in a few museums here. Our top choice would be the National Ancient Art Museum with a gorgeous collection of paintings, sculptures, jewelry, and decorative arts from the 12th to the 19th century. An even more popular one is the Musu Kalust Gulbenkian with one of the world's greatest private art collections. If you want to see as many sights as possible while saving your feet, jump on the number 28 tram that goes around Lisbon and its most notable neighborhoods on a loop. A yellow memorable classic that makes its way through the narrow winding streets of the city. Just be aware that in peak tourist season, the wait for the tram can be more than an hour long, so if you just want to get from point A to B, consider hopping on a different line. Fun fact! Did you know that Lisbon is called the City of Light? 
That's right not Paris, nor Los Angeles, but this little gem off the Atlantic coast. Why so? Well, it's all to do with the amount of sunshine that Lisbon enjoys. Some say that it's more than 200 days per year. Now, just imagine the amount of sunrises overlooking the river you can bask in. Or the number of sunsets that you can indulge in from one of its many rooftop bars. Our tip? The trendy, hip park bar in Bayru Alto. Try this. If you don't like fish and seafood, do not go to Lisbon. I am joking, of course. There's still so much to do and see but you'll be missing out on its most amazing part. Lisbon is the go-to place to eat the tastiest catch of the day at an amazing price. It's really not such a big surprise as the place has to its advantage one of the biggest catch areas in all of Europe. With such an abundance, you'll be spoiled for choice whether you're looking for a quick snack between sightseeing or a proper sit-down meal. To go local and escape the tourist crowds, choose a Tasquinha, a typical Portuguese tavern. It may be a bit rough around the edges, but the food will be great, we promise. For a more refined but still no-frills dining go to the famous Subajeria Romero. Word of caution, though do not go in the evening, unless you want to torture yourself with an hour-long queue for a table. Mid-afternoon is your best bet here. If you get hungry while out and about during the day, pop in a bar for a small snack of prawns with a good cold beer or some seafood with green wine. This is a typical wine from a local grape variety that is not fermented all the way and has a nice fresh fizzy twist to it that best goes with the local food. But, I must not forget the most typical of the foods you can try in Lisbon, the pasties donata, which is essentially a small sweet pastry pie filled with custard. For the best one, head back to Pastelaria de Bolem. It might be just the right kind of reward after walking about the monastery or climbing the 93 steps of the Bolem Tower. With an espresso, in Lisbon called Bica, this is life at its sweetest. Act like a local. So, now that you've covered the most popular sites, filled up to the brim on seafood and delicious sweet pastry, soaked up the sadness of Fadu, what next? Where to go to experience more of Lisbon? As in the previous episode, this is where I'm bringing you tips from the locals and off-the-beaten-path treasures. Given that Lisbon is virtually almost right by the ocean, my first suggestion would be to head out to the beach. And yes, there are plenty of them within half an hour or hour from Lisbon. For a taste of those ocean waves, make your way over to Praia do Guincho. A stretch of golden sand and a sea perfect for surfing. Another one, probably the most popular with tourists, is Praia dos Galapinhos. If you'd rather shake off the crowds, nearby is a lesser-known gem with pristine waters, Praia dos Galapos. However, for the quintessential Riviera feel, there's only one place to go and that is Cascais. A premier resort town, a holiday destination of its own, but still manageable for a day trip. Just hop on a train and within 40 minutes, you'll be there. The return ticket will not cost more than 5 euro and this really is the place to be seen soaking up the beach town atmosphere. But maybe beaches are not your thing. And we get it, to be frank the ocean around Lisbon doesn't make the water very warm and enticing for a swim safe for the summer months. In that case, if you're craving a break from all the sightseeing, drop over to one of the beautiful city parks. The favorite spot among the locals is Jardim do Principe Real. A lush garden which people have been flocking to for centuries, with an iconic cypress tree in its middle. On Saturdays, there's even a market with fresh bio-products. Grab some yummy fruit and veg, lay back and relax. Did I inspire you to consider Lisbon as your next European destination to visit? I hope I did. And sorry about my terrible Portuguese pronunciation. As you can hear, 
I am definitely not a native speaker. You can find all the information from this episode at TravelingWithStan.com, where you can also find other podcasts from our series. If you like this one, don't forget to hit follow so you don't miss out on the next episodes. We are on the socials as well. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, give us a review or rate us on Spotify. It means the world to us. Pun intended.